Hello, and thank you for listening to Girl Wonder. My name is Joe Rochelle, and I'm just your everyday girl talking about your favorite webtoons. Before we start talking about webtoons, though, can I just say happy holidays and Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate Christmas. I hope you had a lovely time yesterday. I did. I went ice skating with my husband, and I also got a great gift. He got me this baseball cap that has Kagome on it from Inuyasha, and she's holding arrows, and only deep Inuyasha fans like real anime fans will recognize Kagome on the hat. It's really cute. He got it off of Etsy. So if you Google baseball cap Kagome with Etsy, I'm sure you'll find it. Anyway, I'm just really excited about the gifts that I got this year. Um, What gifts did you guys get if you did get any? And what did you do for Christmas? Just let me know. Just let me know. Hit me up in my DMs on Instagram or reach out to girlwondersquad at gmail.com and let me know what you did for Christmas. All right, in this episode of Girl Wonder, issue four, All I Want for Christmas is You, we will be discussing the following webtoons, I Love You, Sub-Zero, Siren's Lament, Lore Olympus, Freaking Romance, Age Matters, and Let's Play. All right, let's get into it. We have to start with I Love You, episode 83 that just came out. The stalker that we extensively talked about in last week's podcast turns out to be none other than Shinae's older sister. I was absolutely wrong with my theory and my guess. I was so wrong, I almost threw my phone across the room. That is not a random person like I thought it was. It's Shanae's older sister. So some of you guys with your theories were totally right that it was a woman. I, I was defending that, oh no, it's a man for sure. But I was wrong. I admit it. It takes a big person to admit that they're wrong. I was totally wrong with my webtoon theory on that one. But I was kind of right about Shanae hitting her with a frying pan and not Shanae getting hit. Shanae was the one doing the hitting because of that frying pan. So half credit? Do I get half credit on that one? Yes? No? Anyway, her sister gets locked in the closet because Shanae is super brave and super capable, and she gets some help from the cat, little buddy. So her sister gets locked in the closet and finally admits who she is, that she has been helping Shanae financially. She helped get that charity that helps support her father in the hospital, and she also is paying their rent. So how did she find out about Shanae? How did she get into Shanae's life? Well, she heard about her over the intercom at the mall, which was several months ago, multiple, multiple episodes ago. So since that moment, she's been quietly and sneakily stalking Shanae, and I don't know how to feel about it. I think one thing that I definitely feel is that Quim Chi, the author, is amazing at telling stories because she has been doing this for a while, showing this green hoodie stalker that we talked about last week in panels from really early episodes of this webtoon. So she's really planned this out. She knows where she's going. And I really like how some people are wondering now, is this even a romance? Is this a romance webtoon still? I mean, yes, we do get some feels. We have some ships. There are at least three or four ships that have been built for Shanae. We don't even care who she ends up with at this point. She just needs to be with somebody. But I am also really interested in this relationship with her sister and the mystery that surrounds it all. So good job, author. I am totally hooked. So Shanae called 911 and the cops arrive, but her sister begs her not to rat her out. So Shanae doesn't. She has compassion. But Dieter calls back and there are so many teddy bears in his room 
I mean, I think there's only three, but three is a lot, right? Three big teddy bears for Dieter. Isn't that kind of a lot? I don't know. That's something I noticed. I thought it was cute and endearing, but also like, does he have a problem? Is his room full of teddy bears? I don't know. Hopefully we go to Dieter's room sometime. I want to really meet his sister and his family. Oh, that would be such a good webtoon episode. I hope that happens. But anyway, Dieter calls back because he's worried and Shanae asks him to come over and help. And you guys, I'm starting to really worry about Kosuke and Youngji. Are they still alive? Are they still around? We had that huge Hirahara party, right? Where there was so much going on with the two brothers. And now we have not heard from them in multiple episodes. I feel bad for them. They're getting such a cold shoulder from Shanae. Like, does she remember that they exist? Where are they? Youngji, are you alive? Kosuke, are you okay, Q-Tip? Like, I don't know. What happened? Did Kimchi just decide she doesn't want to draw them anymore and it's all about Dieter? I'm okay if it's all about Dieter. I just want to know what's going on. I'm not sure because we could flip back and then it's all about Youngji. Then it's all about Q-Tip. Doesn't Shanae have work to go to? I guess we're just going to stay on this um, stalker thing for a while and that's this is Dieter's arc. I'm going to let him have it. Let Dieter have something. He can have this. He had a really great carnival date. Let's see him be a kind of a knight in shining armor and show up for Shanae in her life. Some top comments that I really enjoyed. Jay Wallen 101 said, Shanae just pulled a Rapunzel on her sister. She absolutely did. Yes, she did. Rapunzel, if you guys have seen Tangled, which I'm sure you have, the movie Tangled by Disney. Rapunzel hits people with a frying pan who intrude in her household. That is what Shanae did. She guards her household. And of course, she had her little buddy friend. Misongji commented that, Sister had it coming. She had so many chances to say, hey, I'm not an intruder, or yo, what's up, Shanae? But she went the creepy intruder route and just stayed silent till she got locked in a room. I agree with this comment. I think that serves her right. She didn't She didn't have to just stand there behind Shanae, really creepy with a mask on and a hoodie, really if you're gonna if you're gonna introduce yourself as someone's sister who's been watching them for a few months, you gotta like show up on their doorstep. You gotta knock on the door. You gotta ask if you can come in. You don't just show up in the house and stand over her and not say anything until she hits you. Come on. I don't know what's going on there, sister, but figure it out. Yui Hirasawa said, Lil Buddy is actually the fandom. I agree. We are here to protect Shanae. No one is going to just jump her in her own home. So Lil Buddy bit the older sister, which I thought was the exact right thing to do. And I'm really happy that Kat was there because I think that helped Shanae put her sister in that closet and lock her in that room. I don't know what's going to happen next. I think Dieter's going to show up and just find out some really interesting, intimate details of Shanae's life, which honestly, that pushes their ship a bit further because Shanae hasn't talked about her sister with anyone as far as I'm concerned. Not even her father, really. So if Dieter gets in there and figures out all of this sister drama, he's probably the front runner for the ship, but I don't know. I'm here for Shanae's happiness, whoever she ends up with. If she's happy, I'm happy. I used to have a very strong ship that I would really fight for, but it's been a while. It's been 83 episodes. Let's just let Shanae have a night where she doesn't collapse into tears and cry. You know, let's have her have a night where, you know, she feels good about herself. That's all I'm here for now, <laughs> which shows you that it's such a good webtoon. I'm really, really excited for next week's episode. Up next, we'll talk about Sub-Zero, episode 11. Here is what went down. Clove's bodyguard, Aaron is talking to her about the encounter that she had with the prince. She came back 
completely drenched with water because the prince threw her into a pool and she just won't tell him what happened because she doesn't want him to worry. And so once Aaron leaves, Clove just feels really overwhelmed with loneliness. She collapses on the floor. She cries a bit because you know what? That's understandable. She has been sent to a new nation where it's a rival enemy nation and she has to marry a person she has. I mean, she has chemistry with him, but he's not that nice right now. And she has to marry a stranger. And I could see that being really overwhelming, doing something like that for your country, for your people. So she cries. And surprise, Aaron hasn't really left. He's back. He sees her crying and he lifts her up with some really strong words of affirmation. And then Clove does something kind of unexpected. She confesses her feelings for Aaron and he says something kind of unexpected. He says, I know. He knew. He knew that she had feelings for him. But, you know, bodyguard and crown princess, like there's always some kind of, you know, we can't do this. It's a forbidden love. So Aaron says, I can't say that I have feelings for you, which was kind of a letdown at first. But then Clove does something weird. Her face lights up. I'm not quite sure what was going on. And she does this creepy, like possessed laugh. And then she kisses him on the cheek. And then she snaps out of it and apologizes. And then Aaron says, don't apologize. And he pulls her close and they kiss. And they kiss. How often do we get a kiss after only 11 episodes? Huh? Thank you, author. Thank you, Juniper, for that because we don't get that very much. I think there's a lot to come. And I also feel like this drawing style reminds me of my dear cold-blooded king in the best way. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where the story goes. We obviously have two ships now, Aaron. He came out of nowhere, but he also, she did have a crush on him. It was clear. We just want her to be with the prince, right? That she has that chemistry with, that they kind of have an antagonistic relationship where they don't agree, where they kind of get in each other's faces and they show each other that they're tough, you know, that kind of relationship. And then there's Aaron who just really seems to love and care for her as her bodyguard and it's forbidden. They're not really supposed to be together. So We'll just have to see what happens. Here is one of the comments that I thought was great. It's from Fern's Whisper, and the comment is, so does this count as an affair, haha? Wow. Does it? Does it count as an affair? I think it does. Clove is engaged to this guy so that their nations can finally be peaceful, right? And I know that they're not really in love, and maybe he has his own person, but... She just started making out with someone like the night she met him. Should she have done that, you guys? I don't know. I think that's worth discussing if you want to email me at girlwondersquad at gmail.com or hit me up in my DMs if you read Sub-Zero. Should they, should she have not kissed Aaron? Should she have not confessed feelings for Aaron when she's already engaged to someone else? Or do you think their engagement is just, is just a sham and it doesn't matter? I don't know. I think it's an affair. I think it is. Low key. It's a low key affair. It's not like high key, like, oh, she's in love with someone else saying, oh, I'm in love with you, Prince, but then she goes with her bodyguard. It's a low key affair where she's technically and legally engaged to this guy and she still kind of has her guy on the side. I don't know. We'll see what happens next week. I have a feeling it's going to be steamy, but we'll find out. Moving on to Siren's Lament. Episode 125, here is what happened. Sean's siblings, Corey and Cohen, are waiting for Lyra outside of her flower shop. And 
basically they're there to tell Lyra, or at least Corey is there to tell Lyra that Sean is missing, which I don't think is new information for I don't think that's new information for Lyra, but she acts like it is. And I mean, basically it was not that much happened because this is like, it's Christmas season. I understand that it's hard to, you know, a lot of the webtoons were shorter this week, but that is the gist of it. Lyra finds out that Sean is missing and we see more of Corey and Cohen, Sean's siblings. And we also see a little bit of Tua and we see that he has really great skills when it comes to entertaining a young person like Cohen, where he's like, I'm going to tell you a story about a pirate. Let's go. So that the two older young ladies could talk to each other. So that was really cute. I love Tua. I am ready for him to reunite with Peel, see that they both are okay. They both have legs now and they can live their lives together. I can't wait. I hope that happens soon. Here is a comment that I really enjoyed. It's from Army for Life, and they said, Can someone please just tell Corey the truth? She deserves to at least know about Sean. She's his sister, after all. I agree with this. I'm ready for some more people in the world to find out about sirens. It's kind of too much of a burden for Lyra to carry by herself. Sure, her grandma knows, but I'm still waiting for that grandma backstory. There's a lot that I'm still waiting for, and I'm really excited to find out. Um, I hope we find out next week because... Yeah, more people need to run into each other. I need to know more about what's happening with Peel. I need to know more about how the grandmother has come to know about sirens. Where is Poseidon? Bring her back. I want to see Krim even, and he's like a scary, terrifying character. I'm ready. I'm ready to see him. I'm ready. So um, I'm really excited for everything that Miso Soup has built up in this world, and I just can't wait to read more of Siren's Lament. All right, let's move on to Laura Olympus, episode 43. Here is what happened. Hades really doesn't want Persephone to work for him. He says no when she shows him her papers that she got from Hera. I think it's complicated for many different reasons Hades doesn't want Persephone to work for him because most of them revolve around him having feelings for her and her being too young for him. But is that kind of unfair, you guys, for someone to not employ somebody because you know, he's attracted to her and he doesn't want to get in trouble. I don't know. It goes both ways. Yes and no. I could see you defending either argument on that one. But Persephone really wants this job. She wants to be her own person. She wants to feel like she can rely on herself and she doesn't want to fail. So she asks Hades if he will play her a game of chess for the position. If she wins, she gets to have that job in his company. And if she loses, then she'll just forget about the whole thing. And it's really clever. Persephone acts like a cute little innocent girl who thinks all the chess pieces are just so adorable. And that helps her hustle Hades into a win. And Hades looks at her at the end when they go outside to check out the snow falling because she really is innocent. She loves nature. She's looking at the snowfall. She looks back at him. She's really beautiful. And Hades thinks to himself, I am in a lot of trouble. So here's a comment that I really enjoyed. It is from the winged wolf. And they said, she's got him wrapped around her little pink finger. That is exactly what's happening. And I think that's why Hades was so hesitant to give her a position in his company. I mean, I want them to be together, but working together makes it really complicated. I have trouble blaming him completely for not wanting her to have the position, but I'm also like, she's more than just 
someone you're attracted to. Let her have a position where she can feel like her own person. Speaking of, here's the next comment that I enjoyed. It's from Lil and All, and they said, Persephone's desire to be her own person resonates so hard. It's true. Persephone is young. She's a young adult. I think she's 19, while Hades is really, really old, thousands of years old. But she wants to be her own person. She wants to have some independence, and you can't blame her for that. So now he has to find a position for her in the company. We don't know what that will be. I saw some funny comments being like the position should be his wife. I agree. I agree. That would be great, but that's probably not going to happen, you guys. We're only on episode 43. I think there are many more episodes to come, and I'm really excited to see what happens next. So now let's talk about Freaking Romance, episode 12, which dropped this past week. Here is what happened. Zillith wakes up in bed, and she doesn't know how she got there because I believe she fell asleep on the couch. And she is alarmed when she checks her phone because her friend, Veros, hasn't texted her back at all. And then she smells some food in the kitchen, so she wanders out wondering if her cute ghost boy is back, and she is confronted by a butt. She just sees a big butt. <laughs> Woman's butt. And the woman is wearing an apron, but it doesn't cover that she's naked on the back half. So we see a lot of it from many different angles. And I was shook. And so was Zillith until she complimented it. But I also think the person with the butt is also a ghost. I'm not sure because Zillith reached out and her hand went right through that person. So... Zelen wakes up. He was on the couch the whole time, even though Zillith didn't notice him there. And he talks to the person who I'm now going to call Miss Booty Apron. And Zelen tells her to get out. And we don't know who he's talking to. Is he talking to Zillith? We've always had this kind of fake out. Who is Zelen talking to? And it's always not Zillith. But this time, people are really hoping that it is, that they're somehow in the same universe together at the same time. But I have no idea what's going on. I'm completely confused. I have no theories either because I'm a little defeated that I was so wrong about the green hoodie stalker for one. And two, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who is who, but I'm still here for the ride because the story is moving pretty fast with the pacing. And here's a comment that I enjoyed. It's from Her Awesomeness. And it says, Zelen, care to explain why there's a random chick in your apartment and why she is freaking naked? Maybe that's what we should change the title of this webtoon to. Freaking naked. Because that that surprised me. <laughs> and it's it surprised the main character as well. I mean, you don't expect to see just a half, not a half naked. She's naked except with an apron on. You don't expect to see someone like that in your home making food for you when you show up. So I'm with you. I'm with you. Here's another comment from Give Me the Formulae. Wasn't expecting to see someone's entire butt out, but here we are. That is exactly how I think most of the fandom feels. That was, uh, it was just like a, you know how horror films have a jump scare? How a ghost just like pops out in the mirror while you're in the bathroom washing your face? This was like that, but it was with a butt and it was in the kitchen and it wasn't scary per se, but it was... It, it was something. It was surprising. And here we are now. Um, so hopefully next week we pick up right where we left off. I want to know who that person is. Who's the naked apron girl? Miss Booty Apron. Who is that? Can Zelen finally see Zillith? Did he move her from the couch to the bed? Because he was on the couch. Why would he sleep on the couch all night? Um, hopefully that person's not his girlfriend. But you know what? If that person is his girlfriend, it's, it's not a big deal. We know who the true ship is here. 
Now moving on to Age Matters, episode 38. Here is what happened. Drunk Rose is now hungover Rose, which we all saw coming. She wakes up in Daniel's bed, not her own place, and she goes downstairs and he's made some food for her. And she kind of looks at his butt. Yes, more butts in this webtoon as well. She looks at his butt, even though it's fully clothed, unlike in freaking romance, and she doesn't understand but she has a terrible flashback. A terrible memory hits her, and she remembers what happened that night. You know, we see more of really drunk, stumbling Rose who cannot stand up straight. She sings to Daniel. He has to carry her upstairs because she doesn't remember the key code to her own apartment. And as he's carrying her upstairs over his shoulder, she slaps his butt. Not in like a playful way, more of like a let me down kind of way. I guess that is playful, but... Present Rose remembers this, and she is so embarrassed about what she did last night. Um, and she gets to her place, and she looks at her ankles, and there's some Band-Aids there, and that's how we end this episode of Age Matters. So Mustache Wombat said, in real life, she would be so fired. I think I agree with that. I love Rose, don't get me wrong, and I'm so not judging her, but when you work for someone and she mentioned she's only been working for Daniel for a week, should you be so drunk that your boss has to take care of you? No. And you're also the older one here. You're 30 or 29. I don't remember how old she is. Is she 29 or 30? But she's significantly or a bit older than Daniel. I don't think she acted professionally and I kind of want her to apologize for it and maybe watch her drinking a little bit. I was having fun with her. She was really fun until she wasn't so fun, though I enjoyed the butt slap up the stairs. I I don't have a problem with it, except that he's her boss and he's taking care of her instead of the other way around. Like he hired her so that he could be taken care of and it's only been a week. If it had been a year or even a couple months, I would understand that this is not her norm, but she kind of made a really bad impression. I hope she apologizes and makes it up to him a bit because he took care of her all night. He helped her all night. So what should she do next? Do you think she should apologize? Let me know. And finally, let's talk about the latest episode of Let's Play, episode 58. So Marshall felt a little lightheaded, and while he was walking past Sam, he almost falls down a flight of stairs, but Sam drops her flowers that she's carrying and the vase that she's carrying it in, and she catches Marshall at the last moment, which is good. That prediction was right. We were all hoping that it would be kind of a role reversal, and Sam would be the hero who catches Marshall, and that is exactly what happened, so good on us for figuring that out. Um, so she checks on him. He has a fever. He has a sore throat, a runny nose. She brings him back to her place and tries to take care of him. She wonders where his girlfriend is. Um, he explains that she had to work and he let her go, but, um, Sam just goes into really nurse Sam mode. She takes care of him. I think that's what she enjoys doing for people. She definitely did it for Link when his father died and now she's doing it for Marshall, even though he feels more than just He's more than sick on the outside. It's not just physical symptoms. I think he's really sad on the inside and down on himself and just not happy in his life. And I'm not sure where we're going with this, but I'm curious about it because we end on Marshall saying, I don't blame you, puppy. I don't like me much either because Sam's dog kind of growls at him, snarls at him, (laughs) doesn't like him at all. And Marshall says, I don't blame you. I don't like me much either. And that's kind of a sad 
depressing note to end on. I know a lot of us feel that way sometimes where we're not even our own friend, you know, we're not a fan of ourselves. And I think that's where Marshall is right now. Kitty Smalls writes, Aw, Marshall's a sad boy. He needs a hug. It's true. And Beth XC wrote, That's high key sad, my poor cinnamon roll, in all caps. It is sad. Uh, I don't know. Is he going to talk through his feelings with someone? I think that sometimes helps. I think Sam could be that person for him. We haven't seen a lot of the ship of Marshall and Sam moving forward lately, so maybe that's what's happening next. Bob Jones, 14, writes, I think we've all been there. And I think that's true. I think something about Let's Play that's really relatable is how the characters face their fears, their depression, their anxiety, um, their anger. It's always really present. It's a very emotional webtoon. So it's going to be real. And here's another comment I really enjoyed from Infinity Trinity. It's, I have to sing it because that's the way it's written. And the comment reads, Oh, jingle bells, Sam just fell, Marshall almost died, but he's okay, Sam saved the day, cause this is Let's Play. What a cute comment. Um, It's really great for the Christmas season, so thank you for that comment, Infinity Trinity. And now we've reached the top this segment of the Girl Wonder Podcast, where I will be choosing what I think was this week's best comment and this week's strongest ship. So this week's best top comment, I think, came on Laura Olympus, episode 43 from Gaeva Candy, and they said, I keep telling myself to let the series run, and in three months, I'll have lots to read. But my phone dings with an update and I attack my phone aggressively. That is so true. Wouldn't we all be in a better place if we could just wait? Like three months from now, there would be so many episodes of I Love You or Laura Olympus or one of the other series or Siren's Lament. Maybe we'd finally figure out who the Poseidon actually is and what's going on in that world. But it's hard to wait. You get that notification that your webtoon that ended on a cliffhanger last week has updated. You are going to click that button. You are going to read that webtoon. So that was a very relatable comment, and that's why I chose it as this week's best comment. After a lot of thinking and a lot of rereading some of the webtoons this past week, I have, a, I think, an unexpected answer for this week's Strongest Ship. Though they've won the award before, this week's Strongest Ship, in my opinion, was Dieter and Shanae in I Love You. Let me explain why. He's the one she calls on when she needs help. They have spent a lot of time on the phone, a lot of time after their date. She is in a precarious situation, and she doesn't call other people who she knows would show up. She talks to Dieter. She says, yes, you can come. And I think their relationship's moving forward very steadily and very quickly. Neither of them are thinking too hard about it, which Persephone and Hades are starting to do a bit. They're in that doubtful phase where I don't think we should be together. I don't know if we if this is a crush, I don't know if she's the right person for me because I'm too old for her. But with Dieter and Shanae, it's feeling really natural right now. And I'm really excited for next week to see what happens with them. So that is my strongest ship right now. We're reaching the end of the podcast now where I pose to you a question of the week. We already mentioned it in this episode, but when Aaron and Clove kissed in the latest episode of Sub-Zero, do you think that counts as an affair? Do you think she is now starting an affair or she cheated on the guy she's engaged to? 
let me know in my DMs or email me at girlwondersquad at gmail.com with your answers. And it's helpful to know where you guys stand so I can continue to shape and mold this podcast into something that's fun and fulfilling for all of us. So please don't be shy. Reach out. Wow, you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Girl Wonder. We currently have no sponsors, so here's a joke instead. What did the traffic light say to the car? Don't look, I'm about to change. (laughs) Okay, thank you guys so much again. Thank you for listening. Happy holidays and new episodes of Girl Wonder are uploaded on Tuesdays. I'm Joe Rochelle, and we'll talk again next week. Bye.